0: And now, enjoy this free Jason ModCast show. Hey there, this is Ralph Garman, and you are listening to the World of MythBits. You made an excellent choice. The World of MythBits. Hey, Mythbitters! (laughs) Yes, I have a nickname for you guys. You're the Mythbidders. Welcome to the World of MythBits podcast, episode 34. Okay, so how was your week? Weather finally turned lovely here. And I mean by lovely, I mean tank tops, shorts, suntan. Okay, maybe a little sunburn. Windows open, fan going, sleeping under the sheet, and even that's too warm lovely. I am a happy, happy, happy girl, happy girl. I have a few announcements this episode. Um, I don't have to keep anything, you know, suspenseful because all 10 contestants are now named and we will just run through those quick as a blink. We have Walter Esselman, we have Michael Arnold, Stephen Carr, Alan Russo, Mark Kodama, Rebecca Illich, Jeff Young, Melissa ridley Elms, Tom Fowler, and Christopher Harris. Okay, those are our ten. Now, we move on to the second part of the Open Contract Challenge. The second part entails, oh crap, what does it entail? I have no idea. It entails, okay, now, what our ten contestants are going to have to do. Listen carefully, 10 contestants. What you are going to have to do is you will have four weeks to write the first chapter of your book. If it's an art book, you have four weeks to submit, to, to create the first part of the book to be reviewed. Submissions for that start from on Wednesday the 12th of June, I'm assuming. Uh, Wednesday, the 12th of June and run to July 3rd. So, you have that amount of time. I think that's four weeks. Yeah, that's four weeks. So, you have to write or edit perfect the first chapter of your book. Whether it's a novel, a novella, short stories, art book, whatever it is, that got you to be one of the 10 contestants, you have from the 12th of June to the 3rd of July to perfect it and submit it. Okay? And then the judging begins. And once the judges have gone through all of those 10 submissions, only five We'll move on. Five, unfortunately, will be eliminated in this next round. So, I suggest you put your best foot forward. Because now, this competition has now turned into no joke. This is serious stuff. I mean, you're playing for money, a writing contract, tickets to PCE, and bragging rights to be the very, very, very first winner of the Open Contract Challenge. So, go over that again. You have four weeks to write the first chapter of your book. For an art book, submit the first part of the book to be reviewed. And the submission, submitting starts, and the writing, you have up until July 3rd to get everything in, starting the twelfth to July third, okay. So good luck, everybody, and have fun. Okay, so that's the first announcement. Now I did mention PCE. Oh, excuse me, good Lord. I did mention PCE. I did mention PCE, which is, in case you haven't been paying attention, Jay Pop culture Expo. Now, there has been a survey that's been circulating circulating around. It's easy to see if you click the link on your computer. It's white, it's black lettering on a white background. It's a little more difficult to see on if you're doing it on your phone or on your tablet. It's gray on gray. Um, what I had to do on my phone is I just turned my phone sideways, made it really big and squinted and made funny faces and made it through. And, um, Christopher Bice, your trooper, he did (laughs) pretty much the same thing. Um, but we would really, 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 I can't stress enough, appreciate if you would take, it takes not even two minutes to do, um, the survey, and it gives the organizers of the Pop Culture Expo an idea of what people are looking for, what they would like to see, um, how long they would like it to go for, what kind of um, celebrities they would like to see at the expo, what kind of vendors, what kind of events, and things like that. And after the expo is the first inaugural hall of fame dinner. And there's some questions about it. And that is going to be a fantastic event in and of itself. And it'll happen after, right after, well, not right after, but like an hour after um, the expo ends will be the dinner. And, It'll be, oh, I'm stuck. Okay. Ah, it'll be the first Hall of Fame, Jay Zoman Hall of Fame dinner. And what it'll do is it'll induct people who have, like, writers and editors and, um, inkers f- from back in the day and any, like, all sorts of, of positions within the magazine. From, like I said, writing all the way down to editing to whatever, um, into the Hall of Fame. a certain criteria. But anyway, it'll it's going to be a fun time. It's going to be a good time. We're all going to get together and we're going to eat and laugh and hang out. Have a good time. So, yeah, I am seriously, seriously looking forward to it. I am looking forward to PCE, the Pop Culture Expo. And don't forget, the winner of the Open Contract Challenge will be at the Pop Culture Expo. And they will have a vending table with their brand new book that has been published. And they will be signing copies and they will be selling their book. So that's going to be exciting. And I threw a, ga- I threw a challenge out to the Mythmaster today. Cause, you know, it's what I do <laughs> about, uh, possibly live streaming his, um, podcast and my podcast together at the Pop Culture Expo. So I'm just kind of waiting to see if he chickens out, you know. I might be too much for him. Anyway, so those are the announcements. So for the Open Contract Challenge, our 10 contestants now have from the 12th to the 3rd of of July to perfect that first chapter, write that first chapter, get that first segment of your art book together and ready to be reviewed, Um, and get it in and submit it to the same email address that you submitted your query to. So, have fun. (laughs) Um, I want to read something to you guys that I kind of was reminded I made a comment earlier um, and said, you know, yes, Captain, my Captain. And the person that I made the comment to, I wasn't sure if they were going to get the reference, Because a lot of, some people don't. And they look at you like, what? Um, Now, he knew right away it was from the movie Dead Poets Society. Um, I absolutely love that movie. But for me, it's not just from the movie. It's from the poem by Walt Whitman. And that's what I'm going to read to you. Because, why not? It's my show, and I can it's called o oh, Captain, my Captain, O oh, Captain, my Captain, Our fearful trip is done. The ship has weathered every rack, the prize we sought is won, the port is near, the bells I hear, the people all exulting, while follow eyes and steady keel, the vessel's grim and daring, but oh heart, 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 oh, the bleeding drops of red, where on the deck, my captain lies, fallen, cold and dead oh captain my captain rise up hear the bells rise up for you the flag is flung for you the bugle trills for the bouquets and ribboned wreaths for you the shores are crowding for you they call the swaying mass their eager faces turning here captain dear father this arm beneath your head it is some dream that on the deck you've fallen cold and dead my captain does not answer his lips are pale and still my father does not feel my arm. He has no pulse, nor will. The ship is anchored safe and sound, its voyage closed and done. From fearful trip, the victor ship comes in with object one. Exult, O shores, and ring, O bells. But I, with mournful tread, walk the deck, my captain lies, fallen, cold and dead. That was a poem that... Um, I heard, of course, in high school in grade 10 English, and it was read by my grade 10 English teacher, which you've heard me talk about, Mr. Phillips, my mentor, my encouragement to write. And he read that to us as the Robin Williams character in Dead Poet Society read it to his class with the same panache, with the same passion, with the same drama And you were just pulled right in to it. And it it, you could see the looks on the faces of the students as they were watching Mr. Phillips read this poem. And you could see the sparks of the future writers and journalists and artists being ignited right there. It was just incredible. And when I made that comment to him earlier, it kind of reminded me of the poem. And I just wanted to share that poem with you because I love that poem. (laughs) I do. Walt Whitman is one of my, one of my heroes. I love his poetry. So yeah, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. It is. It's, well, it's starting to get dark now because, you know, it's nine o'clock at night here so, it gets, it's still, like, daylight enough. Like, it's it's not even dusk. It's dusk-esque. <laughs> dusk-esque. Almost dusk. But uh, I have the windows open, so I'm listening to the birds, and the fan is going, and the ceiling fans are going. Mind you, the fan and the ceiling fans go all year round, so that doesn't mean anything. And tomorrow, since I am currently finding myself with a whole lot of time on my hands. Um, I, and well, not unexpectedly I've known for a couple of weeks have become hopefully temporarily unemployed. Not, I didn't get fired. I didn't quit. Um, the company that I work for, the owner wants to retire. She's been doing this forever and I don't blame her. You know, She's been doing this for over 25 years and she wants to retire. So she wanted the summer off, which is completely understandable. I want the summer off. <laughs> I'd like the summer off with pay, but that's what unemployment is for. That's <laughs> going to get me, you know, where I need to go. So I have a few options opening up to me. Um, And I'm kind of exploring all of those. So, yeah, tomorrow we'll be, instead of, you know, every Sunday working on the magazine, because that's my only day off. Now I have a few. I'm going to be doing magazine stuff tomorrow. So we are coming up to the deadline, which is the 15th. So get your submissions in. Thank you, everybody who submitted so far. I will email you all tomorrow. Um, and let you know that I do have your submissions and I will probably be reading through them tomorrow. It's supposed to rain tomorrow. So it's housework day, which means I'm going to be avoiding housework and I'll be doing magazine stuff. Um, yeah. So get your submissions in, um, because without the submissions, we don't have a magazine. Without the magazine, we don't have any fun. So Get your submissions in. Come on, peep. Tap, tap, tap. <laughs> I'm struggling for things to talk about tonight. I don't know why. I mean, we're only 15 minutes in, and I got nothing. I told you all the important stuff that I needed to tell you, and I talked about the weather, and the only thing that I don't like about the warm weather is the mosquitoes are back, and for some reason, the mosquitoes seem to think that I am sweeter than honey. So, yeah, popping the allergy pills like they're M&Ms and trying not to scratch my skin off because they bite me and they suck my blood and they make me itchy and I don't like them. I like being outside. I love being outside. I don't like the mosquitoes. And it's kind of hard when you're working in the garden Constantly pay attention until you get bit. But I have my garden planted now. Um, the beans have now resumed their rightful place in the Fort Knox of Bean Gardens. This garden is surrounded by chicken wire on all sides. It has a mesh top that comes right over and completely seals it in. So sunlight can get in, rain can get in. Squirrels can't. Screw you, squirrels. You are not biting the tops off my beans. You are not eating my bean sprouts. Not happening. Not this year. Because I am good with my slingshot. But I can't stand guard all day. And then at night, when they're not protected, the raccoons come and dig them up. Or the rabbits. Not happening. So, they are now back in their rightful place in The originally created bean garden. We got the tomatoes in. We got our peppers in. And our pickling cukes. Which for those of you who don't can or anything. Those are cucumbers. But they're smaller than the regular cucumber. They look like pickles. And you pickle them. And you make pickles. They're called pickling cucumbers. Because... Of their design. We got those in, we got our asparagus in. Um, we can't harvest the asparagus, of course, for two years. Now, these we probably won't for three because the roots have to establish. But these are asparagus that we bought that had already uh, that were already one year mature. But oh, geez, jumping, Jiminy Crickets! Oh, Whew. okay. So I just had, uh, the living daylights scared right out of me. My bedroom's on the second floor of my house. And there's no balcony, there's no ledge, there's nothing. Just the wall and the window on the outside of the house. And I'm sitting on the bed and looking at the window and all of us, like out of the corner of my eye, I look down and I see this thing move across and it's big. It's about the size of an arm. Move across from right to left across the bottom corner of the window. And yeah, what it was, was we have a tree that grows out front of my kitchen window. And my husband usually keeps it trimmed fairly low so the squirrels can't get on the roof. But it's high enough that it covers my kitchen window. So when I look out my kitchen window, all I see is green and my annoying tree-killing neighbor's can't see in because they're nosy as shit. I've caught them, I don't know how many times, I mean, you know they're looking in your house when they're standing across the street on the sidewalk and they're bent down so that they can see underneath the curves of your curtains because I have curtains that come straight down and then I pull them artfully across and drape them across so that just the bottom part of the window is open and the top part is curtain and it's draped across and the wife i caught her she was on the other side of the street bent down twisted with her head looking into the open part of the window to see what was going on in the house that's when we were uh redoing our kitchen floor so yeah, they like to look in our windows. So we have greenery that grows up in front of the windows and we still get a lovely breeze through the windows, but it makes it more difficult for them to look in and see what I'm doing. Anyway, so we have this tree and my husband usually keeps it fairly low so that it just covers the kitchen window. Well, <laughs> he's been working. Um, this is the first weekend he's had off in three weeks. On Friday, we figured it out. He's worked 21 days straight. So we did other things this weekend. So he hasn't been out there to trim off the top of the tree. And it was the top of the tree blowing in the wind that came across the window and scared me. I did not like that. So guess what he'll be doing when he gets home from work tomorrow. (laughs) He's going out there and cutting that tree because I won't go on that side of the house because that's the side of the house that is on the same side as the tree killer's. And when I go out there, it never fails. I always end up having some sort of verbal confrontation with the husband. Now, he is old school. He is of the belief that a woman should be seen and not heard, that she should be barefoot and pregnant and raising the children and serving her husband is all that women are good for. Yeah, well, that ain't me. (laughs) And when you cut down my trees, I get very upset and I will have words with you. I will talk to you nicely about it first. But then when you tell me you cut down the trees because you can't see what's going on in my yard, then we're going to have issues, which we did. I have gone toe-to-toe with him. And he's a big hulking man. Like, he... He's not a small man. He's not a muscular man. He looks like he swallowed... You know those... You go to a concert and they have those great big beach balls that they... Yeah, he looks like he swallowed one of those. Um. He's an alcoholic. Basically, he's a drunk. Alcoholics attend meetings. He's a drunk. And... He starts, so when he drinks, he gets belligerent. I, I don't, don't care. <laughs> so, yeah, him and I have gotten into it a few times. Um So I won't go on that side of the house when my husband's not home. Because the one time he didn't realize my son was home, he thought it was just us women at the house. And the ice had come down off the roof in the winter and had left a fairly deep divot in the grass between his house and my house. And I caught his wife dumping her kitchen garbage. And we're not talking just apple peels and orange peels and eggshells, but cheese wrappers and plastic bags into this hole. And I went flying out there. Like, What are you doing? Why are you dumping garbage into this hole right under my living room window? And he comes running out. "Ah, I fill it in with dirt and I make grass. Well, you cannot. No, no. Garbage. Plastic garbage in the ground. What are you doing? No. So him and I went round and round and round for a bit about that. And he started to bow up on me and get all, you know, coming towards me, all puffed out, like he's trying to intimidate me. And the next thing I know, my son's standing behind me, and he's got his arms crossed and his legs spread. He's standing there. And my son is a good two feet taller than I am. I'm only five foot three. I'm short. So he's standing behind me. He's about five seven, five eight. And looking at him going, oh, what's you going to do? What's you going to do? you going to hit me. you going to hit me. And my son looks at him and he says, no, I'm out here to protect you from my mom. And my neighbor just shut right up and his wife, the whole time is snickering behind him and off he went. So he likes to do things when I'm not home and he likes to be nosy, look in our backyard, look in our windows when he thinks my husband's not home. Um, but yeah, I have no fear of him. I will go right out there. Um, he will go out in his backyard and cut the grass when I'm out there working or when we've moved stuff around to see what we have done. And I will go out there and do stuff and then I'll come and stand on the deck. Because I know it's going to take him a minute and a half and he will be out there. And he will be peering around his garage and moving the branches on the trees to look into the yard. So I like to catch him because it freaks him out, makes him feel all embarrassed and stupid. So the other day, uh, the first warm day, I had shorts on and he saw me walk out the backyard because he stands in his kitchen window and watches all the neighbors that he can see. And yep, not two minutes later, He was out there, and I was moving stuff and and that, and he brought his lawnmower right to the corner back of his garage and was peering around the garage into my kitchen, into the sliding glass doors from my kitchen. Oh, and look, he's now in his upstairs bedroom. I'm waving at him because he's in the window. (laughs) Well, Yeah, the light's going to go off in a minute. But anyway, yeah, so I have... Lots of fun issues with my two neighbors. My neighbors on the other side are fantastic. Get along with them. Great. Neighbors in the back, right where their backyard backs onto my backyard. Get along with them. Great. Everybody else on the street. Great. Just not them. Just not them. And they've tried, they've been trying to sell their house for eight years now. And I've had a couple of my friends. I'll just put a curse on them so they'll never sell it. Hell no. I want them to sell their house. I want them to move. I'd like them to be gone. So I'm doing like, yes, come on, come on, sell, sell, sell. You know, he's busted windows, snow blowing his driveway because he will just blow the chunks of ice up against my house. He's clogged up my, um, gas release for my furnace by blowing snow up against my house. Oh, yeah, the fire department had a field day with him over that. (laughs) Okay, so I've complained about my neighbors long enough, and I can't even remember where I was going. Oh, yeah, the tree. Anyway, the tree scared me. So, but now that I know it's there, when it it goes by the window, it won't bother me. But my husband will be out there tomorrow clipping that off because I don't need to wake up to a squirrel attached to the screen and my cat on this side of the screen losing his ever-loving little mind. Oh, speaking of cats, we have kittens. My daughter, kind-hearted, soft-hearted, smush that she is, keeps bringing cats home. We finally put our foot down and told her she brings another cat in this house and it's going to be musky bait. I'm just going to open the door and I'm going to let all the cats out. Off you go. So she hasn't brought any more home. The last one she brought home was a female. So now we have a female in a room with two unfixed males. The inevitable, obviously, is going to happen. Because we are not rich people by any stretch of the imagination. Having all male cats, we were good. we had had headed off the territory issues so they weren't spraying everywhere and then she brings home a female so now we have this female and she got pregnant so my daughter came home friday night and then she starts hollering mom mom i think mavis in labor we were still trying to figure out if she actually was pregnant because she was fat looking, but you couldn't really tell. Like she hadn't cleaned the nipples off very well. Um, She wasn't really showing signs and she certainly wasn't showing signs that she was in labor. So I go running up there and she's up on Katie's bed and she's purring away and purring away and- You know, pet me, pet me, pet me. And then I watched. It started up by her front legs and just rippled down her back. And it looked like she was pushing. Uh Uh-oh. But she's still purring. Now, every cat that I've ever seen that gives birth makes noise, looks uncomfortable, meows, complains, moo, purred, and pushed. So I thought, okay, well, you know, she kept jumping from on the bed to off the bed to on the bed to off the bed. Moo's not used to me, so because I I refuse to go in my daughter's room. My husband goes in there when my daughter's not home, and he deals with the cats. So I thought, all right, I said to Katie, I said, all right, maybe I'm stressing her out. I'm going to leave. She's used to you. I'm going to leave. Keep me updated. If you need me, because it was her first litter, she's not even a year old. Um, there were a lot of variables. There were a lot of things that could have gone wrong. If you need me, call me, text me, whatever. I'll come right back upstairs. So, um, I get a text. I'm, I'm no sooner downstairs, got my butt firmly planted on the couch. I get a message. We have a kitten. Well, okay. 15 minutes later. We have another kitten. Okay, Doki. Then about half an hour, forty-five minutes go by. Nothing. I want to go see the kittens. So she's okay. Come up quietly. So I come up and I'm petting her, and the kittens are nursing, and they're healthy, and she's cleaned them all up. She's done everything that a mommy cat is supposed to do, and she's looking quite content and happy with herself. And we figured out which one's the dad because he's prancing around like he's cock of the walk. Do, 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 do. Look at that. Look what I did. Um, And they look like him. So we figured she was done. I mean, I was in there for a good 15, 20 minutes. And I'm petting her and she's still purring away. And I'm trying not to touch the kittens. And... Although touching the kittens and having a mother cat reject the kittens because a human has touched them right after birth is a myth. Dispelling myths. It is a myth. A mother cat will not reject her kittens because humans have touched them. They will reject them if they're sick, if they're injured, they will abandon them if they're not if they feel they're not safe, they will kill them if they feel they are not safe. If they feel the kittens are not safe, they will not reject them. Um, so, but they do recommend that if you are going to touch newborn kittens, make sure the mother is present. Don't do it when she's not there. You know, make sure she's present. Make sure she sees you handling the kittens and putting the kittens back with her um, or it'll stress her out. You don't want a stressed out mama cat. So anyway, so I'm up there for like a good 20 minutes. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to you know, let her rest. I'm going to go downstairs. I get downstairs and she pushes out two more kittens. <laughs> so yeah, she was waiting for me to leave. But she didn't look like she was in labor. She gave no signs like she was in labor. Except she would push. She would strain and push. And it would pop a kitten. And she would clean it all up and clean up all the mess and do what she's supposed to do. So we now have four kittens. And in eight weeks, they will all be finding forever homes. And they won't be here. But of course, you know, you have to name them in the meantime. So we have Oreo, because he's black and white. We have Pinstripe. Because he's black and white, but his black and whites are in stripes. We have Spot, because he's spotted like a Dalmatian. There's that tree again, scared me. (laughs) And we have Sabbath. Because Sabbath is entirely, he's the only all-black kitten. And she named him Sabbath after Black Sabbath. So, we have four kittens. And the two, the other two boys, they seem to be leaving them alone. They have no interest in them. And Mommy's being a very good Mommy. She's nursing them. She's cleaning them. She's looking after them. She's moved them off the bed because she gave birth on my daughter's bed. Yay. She moved them off the bed to just under the bed. To a spot where she can leave them and she can feel safe about leaving them so she can go and eat and drink and use the litter box and, you know, lie in front of the fan and do other stuff. Just have a break. So... Yeah, we have four kittens. So, if anybody's local that's listening to this in about eight weeks, I will have some really cute kittens for free to give away. Don't know what they are yet, but... So, let me know if you want one. They're really cute. You come from a good home. (sighs) So, yeah, kittens. Kittens. Katie's like, oh, you're a great grandma to kittens. And I'm like, don't ever say that to me again. I don't want to be a great grandma just yet. Thank you very much. I'm a grandma. That's good enough. But yeah, wow. I really see. Maybe I shouldn't be doing this podcast this early. Normally I get into bed at 10 o'clock and it's like, holy crap, shit. I forgot. I got a podcast. So I get up and, and 45 minutes later, I'm like, well, shit, I got to end this thing. I'm done. And I'm sorry. I'm cursing a lot. This episode. Shit. Oh, geez. Oh, Mm. okay. But I decided, I remembered, I actually, it's 34 episodes. I don't know how many episodes I've done by myself. Because it's only since I've been solo that I forget on Sundays that I have a podcast to do. Because when I was doing them with Mike, Mike would be like, are you ready? And I'd be like, oh yeah, okay, great, right. yep, let's go. And we would crank it out and sometimes we'd do it in the middle of the week and it would, there would be, there you go. And it would come on Monday. But since I've been having to do them on my own, I tend to forget Until I get into bed to watch TV and I'm all relaxed and it's like, oh, right, I have to send Dave a pod. Okay, so I need to podcast. 45 minutes later and I'm going, oh, I need to wrap this up. Okay, so we'll just stop talking now. This week, I am really, really struggling to come up with stuff to talk about. I have a zillion ideas, but I don't want to start any of them this week because when I start talking about mythical creatures and mythical deities, I want to do it with knowledge. I don't want to just talk off the top of my head because I want to do that particular topic justice. Like um, I've thought about talking about Lilith because um, as somebody who follow follows an alternative religious path, I have actually worked with Lilith as a goddess figure um, for strength and wisdom and backbone. <laughs> and uh, I know there's a lot of uh, negative press about her um, being, you know, she's the first wife of Adam and Strong women in our community draw from her because she refused to lay beneath him. She wanted to be equal to him. So we would use her in um, a setting where we are drawing strength as women within to ourselves. The, the courage to stand up for what we believe in, to fight for our rights and, you know, from everything from the right to equal pay to the rights to have the say over our own bodies. Um, but I want to do the research first. I want to research the different, uh, religious connotations where she's used because I know she's used not just in Christianity, but she's used in other, um, religious forms and by other names as well. A lot of, of deities over and above your, your, you know, God, Jesus, Mary, um, go by different names and different pantheons. Especially between Greek and Roman. There's a lot of, of, um, crossover where you have, um, Aries and, oh, see, I drew a blank. Um, Aphrodite and Eris and, you know, that kind of, of crossover where you have the Greek deity and then you have its counterpart in the Roman pantheon. So I want to do, you know, Greek is going to be a while because they are so, the family trees are so interconnected. <laughs> you one of the things that i found when i was watching game of thrones is it reminded me a lot of a greek tragedy of a greek story with the familial um relationship connections let's put it that way because the Greek pantheon is more about the procreation and the recreation than it is the familial bond. Um, we'll just, we'll leave it at that and we'll delve into that another day. So just to recap, um, cause I think I'm going to wrap it up cause I'm just, I'm babbling now, but, just to recap, so our 10 contestants, and I will name them again, because let me tell you, you know what, if I was one of the 10 contestants, I would squee every time I heard my name. I don't know if they do. I don't know if they they get excited about it, but I'm excited for them. So there you go. So our 10 contestants, and this time we're going to go backwards. So we have Christopher Harris, Tom Fowler, Melissa Ridley Elms, Jeff Young, Rebecca Illich, Mark Kadama, Alan Russo, Stephen Carr, Michael Arnold, and Walter Esselman. Ah, Look at that. I got all ten because I have all their pictures up in front of me. Anyway, (laughs) those are our ten contestants, and they are moving on to round two. Now, round two is where things start getting serious. What's that expression? Shit just got real. Well, shit just got real. So, for the second part of the Open Contract Challenge, they have four weeks to write the first chapter of their book or edit and perfect the first chapter of that book or for an art book, submit the first part of the book to be reviewed. Starting Wednesday, the 12th of June to July 3rd. And you submit to the same email that you submitted your query to. I don't have that offhand, but if you you, you should remember which one you sent it to. Um, and then the judges will make their decisions from there, and only five of those ten will move on. So half of the contestants we have now. We'll move on to the next round. Kind of like the voice. It's my voice. Ah! You see what I did there? Okay, anyway. So, yeah. And um, please do the survey for PCE. You can find it on my page. Stephanie, who am I? Barty Author. You can find it on the World of Myth magazine on Facebook. Or you can go to com, and it's there. Um, it's on Twitter at the World of Myth Bits podcast on Twitter and the World of Myth Magazine on Twitter. It's everywhere. It's everywhere! It's everywhere! Check it out! Okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, check it out and don't forget to go to... Oh! Right! Oh almost forgot. Oh, well, I didn't forget, but it's, I need to say, I don't need to say, I want to say congratulations to, and I need to see her name so that I can pronounce it correctly. It's our member of the month this month. And it is. I don't know. Well, I do. Okay. It is. Hold ah, on. Because I don't want to say her name wrong. Her name is so beautiful. I'm probably saying it wrong anyway. But at least if I have it in front of me, and I don't want to get the name of her piece wrong. That. Would make me cry. If I did that. So, I don't want to do that. Okay. So, congratulations to Boreana Ananieva and her on the road artwork for winning member of the month. Congratulations, Boreana. Well done. Yay! Whew! Okay, that was scary, because <laughs> I don't want to mispronounce her name or get the name of her art piece wrong, because she is an incredible artist. Congratulations on member of the month. Um, I think that's two for her now. Well done. Well done. I look forward to seeing more from you. Um, keep them coming. Keep them coming. And if you have suggestions for the show, things you want me to discuss, questions that you have, you can go on Facebook. You can go to the World of Myth Bits podcast page and you can send me a question or you can send your question to Stephanie Barty at theworldofmyth.com. And as you can see, we do care about our fans. We do care about our listeners. And we do take what you say seriously. And we will try and address the issues as they come up as best we can. So check us out at www.theworldofmyth.com on Facebook at The World of Myth Magazine or The World of Myth Bits Podcast On Twitter at the World of MythBits podcast or the World of MythBits, the World of Myth magazine. And me, Stephanie, at Lupa, L-U-P-A-B. And I'm over on Instagram at uh, Stephanie Barty author on Facebook as author Stephanie Barty. So that's it for this week. Have a lovely week. Enjoy the sun, or the rain, or whatever you happen to be doing. Stay cool, stay hydrated, stay (laughs) mythy. I just threw that in. Alright everybody, see ya! The world of myth bits.